Welcome to another edition of the Vince in the Bay podcast. This episode is part of a series of episodes that feature interviews conducted during the 2018 RSA Security Conference, which was held here in the Bay in San Francisco from April 16th through the 20th. My guest this time is Mark Nunnikoven from Trend Micro. At RSA, we discussed Trend Micro's work in developing new email security gateway tools, operational technology in Internet of Things devices, the new cybersecurity tech accord, and information security buzzwords, and a whole bunch of other cyber stuff. Enjoy. This is Vince in the Bay. I'm here at RSA 2018, now joined by Mark Nunnikoven, VP of Cloud Research at Trend Micro. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for having me, Vince. So what brings you to RSA with Trend Micro? What's going on? Um, you know, this is where everyone in the industry comes together. Um, everyone in the community is here. It's a great opportunity to talk to old friends, to make new ones, but also to kind of get a pulse of what's going on um, from the um, market and the industry in security. Um, so I spend a lot of my time doing research and sort of in the trenches. Um, it's nice to pop my head up every once in a while and kind of see, hey, what are other people thinking about what's hot, what's going on, um, kind of see what the buzzwords of the month are, and then shake your head. Oh, I can tell you what they are. Yeah. They're, um, the blockchain, uh, the deep web, the dark net, and the deep dark web net. Nice. Uh, what sort of um, things has Trend Micro specifically been doing since yeah, you've been here? Yeah, for sure. So we, um, we've we got a big presence at RSA like we do every year. Um, and one of the big things on the product side um, is that we've announced um, a new addition to our email security gateway. And we've added this thing that we're calling writing style DNA. Writing style DNA. Yeah. And what's that? So it's the application of AI um, to basically profile how people write emails. Um, uh, the idea here is we know that uh, an attack called business email compromise um, is big business for cyber criminals. The FBI has tracked over $3 billion um, lost from companies to this type of attack. And essentially what it is, is an attacker will fake out being like your CFO and saying, hey, Vince, I need you to wire the um, payment for this invoice to this account. Um, and they will uh, you know, say there's a time pressure. It really needs to be done now. Then you say, hey, yeah, okay, I'll get that done for you. And they will, you will email the funds, of course, to the attacker instead of to your real business. Um, so so it's uh, like super advanced phishing, essentially, where they're impersonating executives or key players in your company. The idea here in the addition of this writing style DNA is we're using AI to profile how you write emails. So if you're normally, at, you know, write short emails or if you're like me and get way too long winded, as everyone constantly reminds me, um, the, we profile that in the, in the gateway. So if you see an email coming from Vince and it's written more like Mark writes it, it's going to be flagged and it goes back to both folks. So it'll email back to you, Vince, and say, hey, did you write this? And it'll warn me as the recipient saying, this may not in fact be from Vince. You really want to be careful here. Maybe take another channel, like give them a call um, to see if you actually want to take the action that's being suggested here. So it's another layer of automated protection to make sure that people aren't being socially engineered. So, so slow down for a minute. How does that notification come to me? Does it come to me as part of the email or is it, is it like a follow-up email? How's it delivered exactly? Yeah, so it's set up um, exactly like we do when we identify malicious attachments. So right now, if a virus, if somebody tries to email a virus to you, you'll get a notification email from the system that says, hey, somebody tried to email you. Here's the text that we got from it um, and we saved the attachment um, and quarantined it. It's very similar to that structure where you'll get an email saying there was an email sent um, that looked like it was coming 
coming from your account. Um, here's the text that was in that email. Is that correct or not? Because we're not dealing with um, like a viral payload. We're not dealing with any sort of hot email um, attack. It's a social engineering attack. So it's just doing the text profile. So it's safe to email back to you and say, here's what was emailed out under your name. Was that you? Yes or no, confirm, um, and same to the recipient. Hey, this may not have been from Vince. We're asking him. Let us. Uh, we'll let you know if it, he confirms it. In the meantime, you can call him and ask. Now, are there any links within this this email? No. No. Okay, because that's a that could be another vector point for phishing. It is. It is. And so, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because that is one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to security um, is how we teach people about phishing, right? So we say you shouldn't be clicking on any links in your email if they look suspicious. Well, if you've ever looked at how a lot of marketing tools build links right now, they're ridiculously long and obtuse and you can't tell whether they're legitimate or not. Um, frankly, a good phishing link looks better and more legitimate than most marketing tools and most automated links. Um, really what we need to do is use tools like security gateways to check links to see if they're overtly malicious and then teach users um, to uh, question if they click on a link and it prompts them to enter their credentials. That's a far simpler thing to teach to people. So if you get an email, Vince, and it says, hey, log into Google, you should really stop and question but you're going to click on every link. We know that. We've known that for years. Trying to get people to stop clicking on links, it's the only reason links exist is to click on them. So it's far more pragmatic to let an automated tool like a security gateway take care of the overtly malicious links um, and then just teach users not to enter credentials or take any action if they're prompted by a link. Um, like, hey, run this executable. No, thanks. I'm going to do take another route to make sure that I'm getting the information that I, I was hoping for. Good answer. So, Mark, tell me about the... Cybersecurity Technology Accord. Yeah. Um, so the uh, CTA for short, um, uh, the Cyber Technolo- or Cybersecurity Technology Accord um, is a uh, collaboration. Wait, wait, wait. It's Cyber Technology Accord or Cybersecurity Technology Accord? Cybersecurity Technology Accord. They've hired C- CSTA? We hide the S under the C. Cybersecurity is one word. Yes, apparently. Aha. Though much hotly debated in grammar and dictionary circles, whether it's one word, hyphenated, or two words. Well, information security, is that one word or two words? Depending. It's It's two words. Information technology is two words. But we have cybered all the things. We cyber everything as a prefix. Okay, so this is definitely... Cybersecurity, technology... Whether it's one word or two, it's definitely the cyber we're talking about here. It is, very much so. And it's a grouping of... uh, It's a core between 31 um, um, initial signatories. Um, Microsoft announced it as part of the keynote this morning. Um, You'll see it uh, through a variety of outlets today as everyone's trying to get the message out. And it's a fundamental agreement um, to uh, try to improve security for everybody. Um, So it has... Four uh, main pillars, um, the most important of which um, is no offensive capabilities. Um, so not um, promoting uh, offensive cyber tools um, to focus on shared defense. Um, so that's helping each other out from a technology perspective, um, but also more importantly from a threat intelligence perspective. And um, we're all up against the same cyber criminal community. Um, helping each other out is only logical um, because if we make it harder and less profitable for the criminals, um, we should see less attacks overall 
overall. So this is the um, sort of the kickoff out of the gate here. And this idea has been batted around for a while. Um, it's nice to see the official launch happening. Um, and we're hoping that it's going to grow quickly beyond the initial 31. Um, but the 31 spans uh, industries. It's not just security companies. It's not just um, uh, infrastructure providers. It's across a number of verticals. And it's really this collective acknowledgement that we need to work together to do better when it comes to cybersecurity. This seems pretty timely to me in the wake of this Mark Zuckerberg testimony where we learned exactly how far the uh, knowledge gap is between mm -hmm. uh, legislators and the tech companies. So like, this, this sounds like something that it's been in the works for a while, though, right? This isn't like, hey, Zuck's going in front of Congress. Hurry up, everybody. We got it. Come on, everybody. Let's, let's figure yeah. something out quick. We'll roll it out really fast. It has been in the works for a while, and the nice thing is, is it's not. This is not the first time that companies have worked together. And um, there's been a lot of informal collaboration between um, industry players and, and different uh, technology providers. This really is the formalization. It's the um, public acknowledgement um, that all of these companies are on the same side as far as defending their users and making it better. Um, you know, because further to, to Zuckerberg's testimony, it, it was difficult to watch some of those questions. But I think it's a good stark reminder that there's. 2.17 billion people on that platform, a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent of those truly understand how that technology works and the implication of data sharing and profiling and things like that. The vast majority of those users are in, in, in um, uh, an agreement there where they don't fully understand what they've agreed to. Um, and that's something that we need to address from a usability perspective, but also from a privacy and security perspective. The CTA is a great example of that. Um, you know, and it's, it's something as a community, we need to get way better as being educators um, and helping people understand the challenges um, of living in a digital world. Um, going back to buzzwords, mm -hmm. uh, this is probably to 2017 or maybe 2016, but IOT is still pretty buzzworthy. Yep. And uh, I understand you do work with IOT devices, operational technology and healthcare and whatnot. Tell me about what's going on with that. So we, we try to make a distinction. It's really difficult when terms get out there um, and kind of get away from us. You know, crypto is a great example of, we had a lovely word that referred to cryptography and now it apparently refers to initial coin offerings and cryptocurrencies. Um, but IOT is- hey, but Cybering used to mean something something completely different yes, too. Yes, that it did. Changed. Yes, yes, so. it did. And sometimes there's positive examples of yeah. that change. Um, so when it comes to IoT, um, I like to focus a lot more on what we call OT, so operational technology. And I know that seems like splitting hairs, but most time when you talk about IoT, people think about smart light bulbs, my toaster's intelligent, and my fridge can email things. You know, that's fine. There's issues and challenges there, but um, a lot of my research um, and a lot of the company uh, research has been focusing on this operational technology. So um, healthcare devices, um, autonomous vehicles, factories as basically a giant robot, um, real, uh, you know, stuff with a real world consequence. So that differs from information technology um, where you know, you're dealing with purely digital. This is digital connected to a real world thing. So from a security perspective, your risk is significantly different. It's unfortunate if your website goes down, but you're losing you know, a certain amount of money per hour. 
that's a bad thing for the business, but it's recoverable. Um, if a robot malfunctions and it's working next to a human and injures that human, that's a completely different risk factor. Or if a medical device malfunctions and somebody dies um, or gets the wrong diagnosis, that's a completely different risk model. Um, so that's a world that's not that's been focused on physical safety that's been now brought into the digital world. And we all know the internet is not a nice place to be um, when it comes to threats and risks. Now we're taking these critical things and connecting them. Um, it's a whole new set of challenges. Good luck with that. Thanks. Internet's uh, a wild, wild It is. World. We're going to need uh, – no, the nice thing is that this is a, an environment and the conversations I've had with people who are building these devices or are using them, they're very safety conscious. It's just a different type of safety. So the regulations um, – we did a study around um, industrial robot arms. So think about like your arm, you know, a three-axis point. You've got a shoulder, an elbow, and a, and a, a wrist, um, but a massive um, actual robot arm instead. So you see them sometimes in auto, manuf- uh, auto ads when they show you that fact factory shot and their whole, the arms are holding up the chassis. We did an investigation into these and um, because they're used in robots, uh, those are, these robots are used in factories all around the world. They build our cars, the planes, they package medication, they package food, all this kind of stuff. Um, well, you know, they were built with very restrictive and very significant workplace safety standards in place because totally makes sense. And they're on a factory line. They're working next to people on either side. You don't want a robot to go crazy. Um, It's in all cases, it sort of shuts down to a safe mode. Um, But now they're being connected, not just to the factory network, but the factory network's connected to a corporate network, which is connected to the internet. And we know that basically most corporations networks have been compromised in some shape or form. Um, So now we're seeing that these robots are actually exposed to the outside world. Well, they've been built with physical safety in mind, not digital safety. So we found a lot of basic what you would consider security 101 mistakes. Um, and, you know, that was not surprising, but also surprising and disappointing. Um, the good news is, is the manufacturers we were um, studying uh, their, their systems, they were really responsive and were pushing out fixes really, really fast. Um, so it's a community that's hungry for help, um, but we need to be able to, to help them and walk through and realize this problem in a, in a really pragmatic way um, and so that they can make these appropriate trade-offs. Cool. Um what happened? You guys put on a seminar of some sort yesterday? Yeah, so it's, right? part, it's part of RSA. Um, RSA uh, always tries to fill up Monday with specialized track content. So things like the Cloud Security Alliance run a day. Um, uh, starting last year at the RSA in USA, um, my friend uh, Andrew Hay, who's the CTO at uh, Leo Cybersecurity, um, he and I put on a dedicated one-day seminar uh, towards ransomware and destructive attacks. Um, so we ran it last year. We ran it at Singapore RSA, um, and we also ran it yesterday. Um, and basically, it was a full day of speakers looking at the problem from 360 degrees. We started off with the associate uh, deputy AG, um, uh, Sumit Rahman, uh, came in and he gave a good uh, example from uh, law enforcement and what the U.S. Uh, law enforcement government is doing around ransomware and destructive attacks. Wait, this is associate U.S. attorney general? Yep. Was deputy, he the one? Deputy what? attorney general, yeah. Is he, does he have secret service people following him around? No? Um, no. He's not that high no, level? No, okay, because no. I, I, uh, yesterday I saw like it looked like four or five guys that were either really top level security mm-hmm. or they were they were secret service. They were guarding a door. I believe there's a couple senators on the agenda this week. Oh, okay, it was probably a senator. Those. Yeah, because right. I ran into that at South by um, Senator Warner was speaking. Um, okay, and same kind of thing. They've got the crew. Um, so okay. in this case, um, uh, Mr. Rama came in and gave a great uh, overview of what they were of what law enforcement was doing. We had frontline incident responders talking about you know discovering new ransomware um, and you know going through that day to day like hour by hour. This is how I was handling that response. Um, we had a team, uh, the NCIC team 
team from the U.S. CERT, so the Emergency Response, um, talking about how they have built a network of 200-plus um, organizations to help share threat information. Um, we had a couple researchers from McAfee Labs who explained how they've been collaborating um, with other cybersecurity companies and law enforcement, um, so sort of the vendor point of view. Um, uh, just a lot of great speakers examining this issue, um, you know, from normal ransomware to destructive attacks where it looked like ransomware, but it was really just malicious. Um, so the unfortunate example that kept coming up was WannaCry from last year. And we saw that from a bunch of different examples. And actually, we had a surprise um, visit uh, from Marcus Hutchins, who was the researcher who found the WannaCry kill switch. He answered some questions for the audience at the end of the day, which is a nice treat. Um, uh, but we also looked at the uh, attack against Atlanta. Um, where the city shut down a uh, number of services based on ransomware. And we examined like why, given that that ransomware has been known for a while, was the Sam Sam variant. Um, everybody in the industry is like, yeah, we know what that one does. We know how to protect against it. And um, the realities of organizations dealing with that, because even though we say as a community, hey, we know what that is, um, preventing it and helping people recover from it is a whole nother thing. So throughout the entire day, um, it was great. It was a jam-packed house. We had a lineup all day uh, to try to get in, which was a little challenging logistically as people took a little bio break and couldn't get back in. They had to wait back in line. Um, but it just showed sort of the reality of how challenging this issue is. Um, um, and tons of great feedback and hopefully good sharing and people who will go and share that um, with their teams back at their organizations. Well, Mark, I appreciate you sharing all this with me. Um, if people want to learn more about uh, Trend Micro and what, what, what you're doing with um, the writing style DNA work mm -hmm. and the CTA and all that stuff, where, where can they go to find out more on that? Yeah, best place uh, to hit is the main website, so trendmicro.com. Um, from there, you can see links to um, all of our research papers, um, uh, which uh, reference a couple like the robots paper. Um, that's all linked off the main one. Um, you'll see um, this week, you'll see banner ads for the stuff that we've announced, like the writing style DNA. Um, obviously, you'll see the product stuff um, as well, and importantly, a link to our blog. Um, so it's at blog.trendmicro.com, but it's off the main uh, URL there as well. Um, and you can kind of see that as the one-stop shop to see everything that Trend Micro's uh, into. And, uh, you know, we really try to give back to the community as much as you can. So there's a ton of great research and information there that's freely available. Cool. And what if I want to stalk you personally on the internet? Are you on Twitter? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on most social networks, um, at MarkNCA. Um, so M-A-R-K-N-C-A. Um, I'm up on Twitter. Uh, you can see me on GitHub, active on LinkedIn, all that kind of thing. I'm always happy to chat. Absolutely reach out uh, if you're listening. Happy to discuss all this kind of stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. And uh, enjoy the rest of your RSA 2018. Thank you, Vince. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Vince in the Bay podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Check out my bloggity blog at vincentthebay.com and hit me up on Twitter at Vince in the Bay. Until next time, ciao.